Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners, designed to get us into God's Word every single day for about 13 minutes. A short time, but that's effective in that it keeps us in God's Word, thereby helping us to stay strong in our faith and even grow in our faith because... Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. It also helps us to maintain a strong relationship with God because it keeps us focused on a relationship with Him and on our souls and on eternity. Now, you know people in your life, probably some within your own family, in fact, who need to change their focus. They need to come closer to God. They need to pay attention to their faith. Help them by sharing these short studies with them. You can do that easily through Facebook friends, text messages, maybe other technological means, but make that commitment and start sharing with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, literally everybody you can. You may help somebody ultimately get to heaven. Oh, that'll be a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing these short studies with them, with everybody you can today. We're talking about blind spots. Blind spots. Well, we use this illustration. You're driving down the street in your town. You're on a two-lane, well, you're on a, you're, it's a four-lane street, two lanes going each direction. So you're in, on one side of the street, two lanes, or maybe you're on the interstate with multiple lanes. You're getting ready to change lanes. Now, maybe you're even, maybe you're even making a turn, either right or left, but whatever the case, you've got to veer over into another lane. And so you check your rear view mirror, you check your side view mirror, nobody there. You put your signal on, you start to veer over into that next lane. And instantly you hear screeching brakes or tires, you hear blaring horn, and then you look and there is a car right beside you, just a little bit back, but he was right there all the time in your blind spot. Now, he did not just all of a sudden pull up and get there, he was there did not show up in your rear view mirror or your side view mirror, but he was there right beside you. You couldn't see him because he was in your blind spot. Well, it happens all the time. And you quickly veer back into your lane to avoid an accident. Or maybe that same scenario happens to you on the part of another driver, just a little bit ahead of you who does not see you in his blind spot. Well, we're not really talking about blind spots. Again, that's simply an illustration to get to the real point that everybody in life has blind spots in their life. Every one of us. You do. I do. Everyone we know does. We have potential problem areas that do not show up in our internal radar system within us. We stumble into dangerous situations at times Situations we do not see as being dangerous because they're in our blind spots. We talked about King Solomon when he became king, succeeding succeeding his father David as David was, was getting ready to die physically after having reigned as king in Israel for 40 years. And Solomon, well, he was humble before God. God communicated it to him through a dream and told Solomon, ask what can I give you? God was offering Solomon a blessing of Solomon's own choosing. Solomon in great humility, demonstrating a wonderful, humble spirit, 
he responded to God saying, you've blessed my father so much as he walked with you in righteousness, in integrity, in faithfulness. And you've blessed him even beyond that by raising up myself as his son to sit on his throne now that he is at the point of passing from this world. And then Solomon, he said, but dear God, I'm just like a little child. I don't know how to do this. I've never been king. I don't know how to faithful. Well, I don't know how to effectively fulfill my role as king. And so here's my request. Please give me wisdom to be able to understand right from wrong in this position that you have blessed me with and blessed my father through me with. Well, again, what a great humble spirit. Solomon recognized that he just wasn't smart enough on his own. He wasn't wise enough on his own to do the job effectively that was set before him. And so he asked God, please give me wisdom. Please help me to be able to see right from wrong, to be able to lead these people of yours, your people whom you have chosen, this great and numerous people. Bless me with wisdom so I can lead them in your ways, in righteousness before you. Please bless me with the wisdom to be a righteous king. Sounds great. If that was the end of the story, we would just surmise what a wonderful king Solomon must have been. Because the text does go on and say, God says, since you've asked this thing, I've, I've given it to you. I've not just given you wisdom. I've given you wisdom that is beyond what anyone has experienced before you or will experience after you. Now, that's incredible wisdom, isn't it? He said, but also, I've, I've given you what you have not asked for. I've given you riches and honor so that all during your reign, there shall be riches and honor for you. You will be above, you will be unlike any other king around you all the days of your reign. And then he did put the condition in there in verse 14. If you walk in my ways, if you walk in my ways, if you continue to walk righteously, faithfully, obediently before me, then I will also lengthen your days. I'll give you a long life. Well, again, if the text ended there, if that was the end of the story of Solomon, as recorded in the scriptures, then we would probably surmise, oh, what a wonderful, wonderful king Solomon must have been. Walked with God, faithful to God, and God blessed him so abundantly. But Solomon had his blind spot. We turn to chapter 11 of 1 Kings. We begin reading with verse 1. But King Solomon loved many foreign women, as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites, from the nations of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, You shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. 
Surely they will turn away your hearts after your God, after their gods. Solomon clung to these in love. God had directly commanded the people, warned them, instructed them before he ever led them into the promised land and blessed them to be able to defeat their enemies that were in that land. He said, you don't intermarry with any of those people. They don't worship me. They don't follow me. They don't believe in me. They're idol worshipers. They worship idols. And if you intermarry with them, if you take their daughters for your sons or give your daughters to their sons, they're liable to turn our people, your people, your sons and daughters, or you yourself, if you intermarry with them, to turn your heart away from me so that you will not be totally faithful to me. You will become idol worshipers as well. Well, Solomon disobeyed this instruction, directly and repeatedly disobeyed this instruction from God. In verse 3, he, that is Solomon, had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. Now, the concubines were basically wives, but he had a thousand wives, basically, when you consider the concubines. A thousand wives. Why? Why would Solomon have a thousand wives? Could you imagine that he even knew the names of <laughs> most of them? Do you think maybe he remembered the names of, oh, 10 or 12, and after that, how would he remember, let alone all the way up to a 1,000? Do you think he even remembered what most of them looked like? Why would he accumulate that many wives? Because in the culture of that day and that part of the world, kingly status was exemplified by the number of wives that a king had. The more wives that a king had, the more magnificent, the more marvelous, the more respected, the higher his stature in the eyes of his people and the people around him would be. So Solomon, he didn't just go whole hog. You might say he went over the cliff marrying a thousand women to become his wives. But among those and we get the impression that it was a huge percentage were wives of foreign nations who did not worship God, but they worshiped idols. And God warned his people, the Israelites, you don't marry such people. You don't give your children in marriage to such people. Because the danger is that in that very personal relationship, intimate relationship, unique among all other relationships, they will sooner or later turn your hearts away from me and you will not be totally faithful to me. Well, Solomon clung to these in love and the end of verse 3 says, and his wives turned away his heart. Exactly as God had warned and predicted, foretold. Solomon's foreign wives, idol-worshiping wives, 
turned his heart away from God into their idols. Verse 4 goes on and says, for, for it was so when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods and his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God as was the heart of his father David. Oh my. What Solomon had done. In his younger years as he became king, he probably thought, hey, I'm strong. I, I'm, my dedication to God is absolute. They're not going to turn my heart away. They're not going to have that influence on me. But over the years, as they worked on him, they did. And when he was old, his wives turned his heart after other gods. He became idol worshiper himself. And not just an, an idol did he worship, but I, I think we're to understand he worshiped other, other idols, numerous ones, turned his heart after other gods in the plural. Now, of course, idols are nothing, but he worshiped them as though they are gods. His heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. In verse 5, for Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the, God of the, Sidonia, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. Ammonites. Uh, now, this also would be known as Molech. And I believe if you dig into the historical accounts, Molech, his followers would offer human sacrifices to him. I believe I'm correct in that, but you can check it out. Then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, on the hill that is east of Jerusalem, and for Molech, the abomination of the people of Ammon. And he did likewise for all his foreign wives who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. How foolish. How foolish to think that he could disobey God and still be faithful to God. God warned. But you see, those foreign wives, as Solomon perceived their beauty and the desirability of having them as his wives, and that elevating him, his head became bigger. While he had been humble, then he got the big head. And he put not only himself, but his people in jeopardy. They became idol worshipers too, largely. Solomon disregarded the instruction, the commandment, the warning from God. And he ultimately paid the price. They were in his blind spot. We'll talk more next time. Let's pray. Father, please guard us against our blind spots. Help us to keep our eyes open for the danger. And help us to stay clear of those blind spots in our lives. Please forgive us, gracious Father. In Jesus' name, amen.